Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Last week, if you were with us, uh, we were in the midst of Isaiah 42 and um, just in the Lord's great providence and plan uh we did i was unable to go on and and so we're going to return back to isaiah 42 this morning uh pick up a couple things that i wanted to was hoping to close with last week and then kind of move forward in the midst of the passage and as you make your way to isaiah 42 you remember that we talked about that there's many throughout the time that have struggled with ever having hope right we, we shared about elijah and his struggle to literally he wanted to die he said god let me die um and then we walked through with John the Baptist who had seen the miracles, who had seen the Spirit descend from heaven, right? He had seen this great work of, of God affirming who Jesus was. And when he got to prison and John was heading toward death, he sent the question, is Jesus actually the one or should we expect someone else? There was just a struggle with hope. And then we looked at Paul and in the midst of as a prisoner being transferred from uh, toward Rome to stand before Caesar and they encountered this great storm called the Northeaster and um, in Acts 27 there. And I think it's about verse 20 where they just came to the place that they thought they were going to die. And um, there's just moments throughout Scripture that even some of the greatest believers, some of the greatest men and women of God have struggled to have hope. And so we came to Isaiah 42 last week and we were just walking through that just saying that there's still hope. And um, again, if you were here, just uh, my struggles there last week and... I think I want to return back because I want to just re- revisit again or reaffirm this truth. A bruised reed he will not break. And we just shared the fact that there's still hope last week because the servant is coming. And this was written to a people who were in the midst of Babylonian exile. And, and they were facing very dark days and dark times. I mean, can you imagine, imagine just being separated from your home? Can you imagine if you were separated from your church? Can you imagine if many of your family had been killed? Can you imagine if you no longer had an opportunity to approach God because the sacrificial system is gone, right? And I mean, they're just facing so many things and, and they're wondering, right? Is there any hope for us and the promised land and the coming king of David and the new kingdom and all these things they had hoped and waited for and, he just says, listen, I want you to know that my servant is going to come. And then we told the fact that there was still hope because the servant has come. And we walked to Matthew 12. And Matthew in Matthew chapter 12 literally quotes from Isaiah 42 and says that, guess what? This passage has been fulfilled by who? Who's the servant? Jesus is, right? Jesus is the servant of Isaiah 42, Matthew says. He is the very fulfillment of that passage. And we said, listen, there's hope because ultimately who they waited for in Isaiah 42, this servant is Jesus. And so this morning, we're going to maybe just continue that that thrust, that direction. And the first thing I want to share with you is this, is that a bruised reed can have assurance because the servant loves them. The servant loves and cares for the bruised reed. And again, if you if you walk through the passage any, you know that this bruised reed speaks of something more than a physical reed. He's using it as imagery for the people. Pick up with you would. Let's just read a little bit contextually and then let's land again there at verse three. Beginning in verse one of the word of God from the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. 
a bruised reed he will not break. And a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Pastor Tim Keller comments on this passage. It says that the bruise indicates not just a minor injury, but something severe internally is happening. He says it is indeed like a, a, a something attacking one of your vital organs. It's a death blow. But here's the challenge of this. This striking of this reed, this, this bruising of this reed is not outward. It's what? It's inward. That's how I know there's so many bruised reeds here this morning. It's inward, beloved. It's inward. You pack it with you in here this morning. It's inward. Outwardly, it's candy canes and unicorns and rainbows, right? Everybody asks, hey, how you doing? Everything's good, right? You, how many of you have played the church game, right? I mean, you and your family have battled all morning. You walk into church. Everybody's like, how things going, right? Like, everything's good. The Jesse's. We love each other. Best kids ever, right? Right? Can you imagine? You're like, come on, dude. I was here last week. I know better than that, right? I mean, we know, right? I mean, we know because we're bruised reeds, aren't we? So, I mean, you see it and you're like, dude, you're not okay, right? Everything's not good with you. Come on. You're a bruised reed. I'm a bruised reed. Let's be straight with each other. And it's just challenging. And all of this, listen, all of this would tempt us to despair unless this moment shows up that there's one who loves Bruce Reeds. There's a servant coming who won't crush Bruce Reeds. There's hope and there's rescue. And Matthew says it's Jesus coming to the cross and dying for you. The Bruce Reed, there's hope that the Listen, listen, this is it. Because you think, like you see the burden of your despair. You feel the inward weight of what you're dealing with and been walking through. And you think it's just too much today. And I want you to hear this today and be comforted by the fact that, listen, as Adrian Rogers once said, he said, listen, we say that the stars come out at night. He said, but that's not accurate at all. The stars are always out. It just takes what to see them? The darkness. Some of you have been there, man. I mean, you know the darkness. And it's in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of this bruising, right, that others maybe don't see. And listen, some of you, you pack it well. I mean, you, you've carried stuff for years upon years. Some of you, listen, are carrying stuff that nobody else knows about. And I want you to hear and land, let this land upon your soul today, right? I think we even shared the words. Or, I mean, uh, and maybe one of the songs or heard someone, I don't know if it's in the prayer, something talking about the gentleness. I heard it earlier just about the gentleness of Christ. Maybe it's part of Sunday school. I don't know. Uh, listen, of just this, this, this gentleness, this meekness of Christ to realize that, listen, as Bruce reads, we don't have anything to give to God. And yet this God still died for you. Let that comfort your soul today. That God loves you despite what you did or did not put into the plate. I had one this morning. Miss Savannah handed some change to our youngest Judah, or not our youngest, I guess anymore, but our youngest boy, and, and he has this 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 change, right? And I said, "Man, hey, did you give your dollar in Sunday school?" He's like, "Yeah, I already gave it, right?" But he has this change in his hand, right? And I'm like, "We'll, we'll put it in the offering plate, right?" And, and it's like it's just clinch, man. And I'm like, "Open it up," and he's like, "No, this is my pizza." Hut money. Right? 
And it lets go, and it goes on the plate, and dude, he just does this. And I know God loves a cheerful giver. I get it, right? I, I wasn't sure that it was, I didn't know it was his Pizza Hut money until his hands broke loose and it went in the plate. And then this cool God moment happened. That after just some change, right? I mean, some of you are counting. There's going to be like 40 cents in the plate or something. I don't know. All of a sudden, from over the pew, then came a $5 bill. There's a God who, listen, He loves Bruce Reed. And as Bruce Reed, sometimes that's our Pizza Hut money, right? I mean, let's be honest. We all have Pizza Hut money. We have our the way we want to live our life. And there's a God who says, listen, beloved, if you just come to me... I will bless you beyond what you could ever put in that plate. And I've done it in my son, Jesus. Bruce Reed, come home today. I scribbled down these words this week as I was thinking, we are breaking under the weight of the sin. And Christ, in all of his mercy and grace, has come. And instead of crushing us, he was crushed for us. Christ has come. And instead of condemning us, he was what? Condemned for us. Why? Because the passage says in verse 6 there, I will give you as a covenant for the people. Jesus loves bruised and beaten and those who are at the end of their rope. Some of you, listen, you've come to the end and you think, listen, because I'm a bruised reed, I'm not worthy to serve. You think you're not fit to go on a mission trip. You think that you have nothing good to share of the gospel with your family or friends because of all your bruising in your past and all of your baggage and mistakes. And I want you to hear today that there is a Christ who has come to set bruised reeds free. One of the great Puritan writers, and I, I meant to write his name down but didn't, and it's, he wrote these words from the 1600, or I, I've adapted them. They're pretty close, so he says this, and listen, this, this is good. I shared it Sunday night as we were walking through this passage a little bit more, but I want to bring it to you this morning. But if Christ is so merciful to you that he doesn't break you, then why are you breaking yourself with despair? If Christ is so merciful and kind that he doesn't come and crush the bruised reed, then we must ask, why are we crushing ourselves? So there's hope for the bruised reed because Christ loves them. But listen, there's also hope. There's encouragement to bruised reeds this morning because Christ lives within us. And listen to who he is. Listen to this. Verse 4. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. So listen. We are bruised. We are the faintly burning wick of verse 3. But listen to what it says about Jesus. He will not grow faint. He won't burn low. Right? I mean, he, he won't, he won't tire out. Right? I mean, there will be others, listen, that we will be, we will burn down to nothing, but this one that's coming, this servant, he won't ever burn low. This one that's coming, listen, us, we are bruised and hurt and weak and face situations that we can never overcome, but this one can overcome. And beloved, this is the good news. He lives within you. So the moment that you think that you could not take another step in that relationship. You, listen, some of you, listen, you think there's not, a, you couldn't go on another day. You, you, you've, you've lost a spouse and, and maybe it's been weeks or months or maybe it's been years and you're just not sure you can get out of bed another day. Right? Last night I was laying in my bed. It was, it was, 
the dog's trying to adjust the new house and she is a yipping, yapping. She's available. God bless her. I love her. We've even said that maybe she comes with the house. I don't know over there. Listen, I love her. I love you, Jay. Right? You're my girl. And I sit there in the bed last night and I just thought, Lord, what would it be like if right now I laid here and my wife and all my kids were gone? And he said, do you not think some in your church face that every single night? So some of you, listen, you, you, man, you, you face challenges I, I, don't, I don't know anything about. I want you to know that when you feel like you couldn't go on another day, you, there is a servant coming who will not only not crush you, but he did not grow faint and he did not get discouraged and he will keep your candle burning. There is one that has come. Listen, you are bruised and hurt, but this one will give you strength. He will give you inward might and power from His mighty strength. And beloved, the Bible says, greater is He that is what? In you than he who is in the world. This Christ indwells you by faith. And so you can go on. You have the greatest hope this morning. Do you hear this? No one else has this kind of hope. In fact, you are here this morning, this Sunday morning, because a tomb in Jerusalem is empty. That's why we're here Sunday morning. That's why we're no longer honoring the Sabbath on Saturday. Because we are New Covenant, New Testament people that our God has raised victorious from the dead. So this morning you have shown up to sing and to worship and to learn and to praise and to give and encourage and bear one of those burdens all because Christ is raised from the dead and he indwells you. Secondly, this a bruised reed can sing because Christ has redeemed them. I am the Lord, verse six. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people. That is huge. A light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. That's the people. That's you. That's us. This is us. This is what this God's doing by giving His Son as a covenant, looking to the cross, right? This, this blood covenant that's going to be given. It's no longer a literal physical lamb, right? This is the Lamb of God, God's Son, sinless upon the cross, fully human so He can fully identify with you, and yet fully God. Therefore, He is sinless. He says, listen, he's come to get the prisoner who sit in darkness to bring you out. And so listen here. Verse 10. Sing to the Lord what? A new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. Now I know there are probably some in this crowd, right? Or maybe some listening that, man, you're just not a fan of new songs. Just not. Right? You like the old school, right? Some of you are just like, I just like the old school. I want to say maybe two things, right? I want to say it softly, right? Because I know people get really, man, you get passionate about your, your, your style, right? I, I get it. I hear, I hear it. Two things. One is this. The Bible, the Bible says sing to the Lord what? A new song, right? That's biblically mandated. That's not like just an idea or like, oh, the praise team or the choir or Brother Corey, other, like they just would like to sing a new song. They, they're following biblical mandate to sing new songs. That's rooted here in the scripture. So sing to the Lord a new song. So that's one. And secondly, I want to say this. 
The songs that you like right now, I'm guessing that they weren't in the 2800 B.C. Hebrew hymnal. Right? I'm guessing the songs that we're singing this moment, that Abraham and Moses and Jacob weren't around singing, I'm just guessing they weren't. I'm assuming that it's highly likely that the songs that we sang this morning didn't make Jesus Jams 20 A.D. I'm, I'm just saying, right? So when we all say we like our style of song, my assumption is we're all singing what the Bible would probably say at some point became a what? A new song. Some of you just like newer songs than others. Some of you like your new songs a little bit older, right? You, you with me? But let's let the Bible just kind of teach us for a moment about worship. The first thing I want us maybe to answer from this, and again, this isn't just a lesson to be a lesson. This is people that have been in exile and pits and prisons and bondage. This is people that are breaking free. This is you. This is you, Bruce Reed. This is Bruce Reed's not being crushed and now coming to sing. Listen to what it says. So again, maybe let's answer this. What should we sing, right? Well, several things stand out. Let's, let's just point them out here. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise from the end of the earth. Look further with me, verse 12. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise in the coastlands, right? So there's a call to praise God. All right, look further with me. Verse 12 there, you heard it again. Let them give glory to the Lord. So they're praising God. They're giving glory to the Lord. Right? Look further with me. Verse 10. Sing to the Lord His praise from the end of the earth. Right? So a lot of things are happening here, right? So again, as we think, let's just maybe break it down just for a moment. What about how do we sing God His praise? How do we give God His glory? And I want to compel you, listen, how we understand to rightly praise and glorify God is rooted in the Scriptures. Right? Sometimes we're singing the very words of God or, or we're singing from biblical truth or, or you're hearing as we approach a song, we're looking and connecting. How does this connect to a text? Right? I mean, so listen, as you listen to music, you need to be saying, listen, does, does that fit with what scripture says? I mean, I get it. There's some songs that I absolutely love, but if it's in contradiction to the scripture, I cannot in good conscience and good, and goodwill before the Lord just go willingly singing that. So often when I hear a new song, I just kind of wait and listen, right? Like, I, I want to, hey, I want to understand what I'm singing here. These folks, listen, they are praising God. They're, to the, they're giving God glory. So listen, as we sing, we want to say, listen, are what we sing in here giving God praise? Is it giving God glory? And look what he says there back in verse 10. It's to the end of the earth. We need to ask, listen, as we sing songs, does this only work in the 270? Would this only fit in the 42743? Does this only fit in our zip code? Does this only fit in our area code? Right? I mean, would this work if we went to Honduras? Could we sing this song in Iraq? Could we sing this in Afghanistan? Could we sing it in the underground church in China? And listen, we must ask those very same questions about what we preach and teach. Is this just the Americanized gospel? Or will this, of what we are singing, will it translate, as you read this morning there, to people of every nation, tribe, tongue, and language? Listen, he's beloved. Listen, we are blessed here to hear in this church songs of such biblical truth. We are blessed to hear songs that are rooted in the scripture, songs that are teaching us about confession and repentance and acknowledging that we are forgiven and grace and looking forward to heaven and and hopes of listen. I mean, this morning, I, I can't remember exactly the words, but one of the songs I was just sharing the gospel with Riv right out of like he ransomed from the falls like, bro, you know what that is? 
The fall was Genesis 3. It was, it was Adam and Eve. And he says, you were ransomed from the fall and you've been set free. Like, Riv, listen, we don't have to keep choosing to eat from the forbidden tree. Christ has come to ransom us, beloved. That we can be set free. So the very songs you're singing, listen, are rooted back here. His praise to the end of the earth to give glory to the Lord and declare His praise. So listen, as we sing, we need to thank when they turn on K-Country 105.7, will they know it's us? Not simply by the style, but by the words that we are singing and the words we are preaching and teaching. But let's also answer not only what like, what we should be singing about, right? His praise, His glory, the end of the earth. But let's also answer here maybe how should we sing? Notice what it says here in the passage. Let the desert, verse 11, and its cities lift up their voice. Notice, by, notice he doesn't qualify that your voice has to sound a certain way. He just says if God has given you a voice, use it. Lift up your voice to God. Further, look what else he says here in verse 11. The villages that Kadar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah, what? Sing for what? Sing for joy. Right? I mean, I, I think our singing, right, this singing from joy knows what we have been saved from and what we've been saved for. Like, I've been saved. Right? I mean, did you hear that this morning? Like, 200 plus million people on this nation in which you live are going to hell forever apart from this gospel. Does it knock at your heart, the hardness of it? 200 plus million people on this land in which you live are separated from Christ and His grace and His mercy and forgiveness and will go to hell apart from that gospel. And you are here today, this morning, making a declaration that you have come under that blood, that you have been saved from hell and you have been saved for Him and for eternity in heaven. Right, I mean, to sing with these, as you sang this morning, about those throughout the ages singing and hear about all these angels praising God. Man, does it not allow you this morning to sing for joy despite the bruises in your life? This is Bruce Reed singing, beloved. This doesn't mean that your life somehow gets perfect and then like, oh, now my life is, if it ever gets like this, then I'll lift up my voice. If my life ever gets here, then I'll sing for joy. This is Bruce Reed's singing for joy. Singing despite your circumstances. Why? Because of who your God is in your circumstances. Sing for joy. He says, look what else he says here. Verse 11. Let them, look what he says, shout from the top of the mountains. Now you shout here, you're going to scare somebody, right? You better be careful. Somebody had a concealed carry turn around like, what's up? Right? Like, get like a little like crane on you or something, man. I mean, you better, like if you shout in this place, right? So we, we got to work on that, right? We got to encourage ourselves. Some of us are more emotional. That's okay, right? Some of that's culture. Some of that's family. Some of that's just how your DNA is. That's okay, right? We all, we're all different. That's all right, right? You don't have to be me. I don't have to be you. But he does say, let them shout from the top of the mountains. The word shout that's used here, that's the same word that's used of Bartimaeus when he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I'm guessing if you were here, and some of you are struggling with vision, have for a long time, some of you have some serious visual impairments, even amongst this congregation. 
My guess is if you knew this morning that there was a man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth that was here and he could heal your eyes, my guess is you wouldn't say, hey, Jesus, you help me out, bro. My guess is you would be screaming out if it was your child that was sick this morning and you knew there was a healer. My guess is you wouldn't say, hey, pardon me, I'm trying to get my way. I'd be like, get out of the way, right? I mean, like you would be trucking people. I need him. And listen, this word shout is the word that, listen, Bartimaeus is being used of him when he cries out to Jesus. So I want to encourage us. Some of you, listen, I know it's hard. Your voice is like mine. It stinks, right? Some of you have more redeemed voices than others. I will remind you that the scriptures teach that those who don't use their gifts, others will have them in the new kingdom. I'm looking for some of yours. I jest, but I want to encourage you. Sing even if it's good. Sing even if it's bad. Sing for joy and let your voice be heard. Lift up your voice. Shout to the Lord. So in the midst of this, listen. I think it's interesting that absolutely nothing is said about the style. Nothing said about the style. We, we heard about why we're singing. We heard about how we are to sing. But the style of music is always secondary. It's always secondary. So we can sing all hymns. We can sing all praise courses. We can do a mixture. We can sing jazz. We can do bluegrass. We can do hip-hop style. Right? Some of you are like, whoa, easy. Pump the brakes, right? Listen, though. Whatever it may be, as long as it fits to glorify the Lord of glory, and we can come alongside and say, that is our God whom we are praising, then the style is secondary. Because the king is always first. So Isaiah says to the bruised reeds, you like this? It feels good to be loved. You love being set free from a dungeon, a prison. Then sing, sing, bruised reed, sing because you've been redeemed. Thirdly, a bruised reed can stay because the servant is coming. Listen to this. I think this is interesting. Okay, this kind of like hit me this week. So listen to verse 14 of Isaiah 42. For a long time, I have held my peace. Do you know who's speaking there? God. And God says it's been a long time. Now, can you imagine if God thinks it's been a long time? Can you imagine how it feels when it's us? Right? Like a few hours of that sickness or that heartache. I mean, it carries on for a few days or weeks or months. Right? I mean, these people have gone to Babylonian exile for years. And some of you listen, it's carried on for years. And God even says, for a long time, listen, I, I get it. It's, it, it's, it's a long time what you've had to walk through. The bruises just keep coming, pounding you day after day. He says, listen, I want you to know, I recognize, I hear, I understand. Some of you, um, I want to be careful how I preface this. I was working through it earlier and I was afraid people might think, what did he say? So I want to preface it first before I give the word. Um, so anybody here, you grow up in a household where like when it gets time to go, the person that's usually driving goes to the car and gives the honk, right? And so I want to say, are any of you honkers? But that word honkers could sound like something else. And I was like, I don't know. That'd be weird, right? So anyway, but listen, are any of you here like you, you grow up or live with honkers? Raise your hand. All right. Anybody in here, are you a honker? 
Right now it may be a little different, right? Now you're probably like sending text messages. Come on already, right? Sending inflamed emojis. I don't know what it is for you. Listen, I, I get it, right? We all at times, we just struggle, right? We, 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 we have moments where we grow impatient, wondering, come on, we're going to be late already. And sometimes, listen, if we're just being honest, most of us are probably all honkers or something when it comes to God. Like, beep, dude, hurry up. Like, come on. And God says, listen, guys, I want you to know, for the bruisery that feels like you'll die at any moment. For those you feel like you can't go on another day. For that relationship you feel like you just can't. I'm just not sure I can hold in this marriage another moment. God says, listen, I want you to know that, I, that I'm waiting. I, I, I'm not overlooked your situation. And listen to what it says. For a long time I've held my peace. I've kept still and restrained myself. But listen, he says it's not pointless. There's going to come a now. That's hard because we don't always know when the now is, do we? Now, look what he says. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and drop all their vegetation. I will turn their rivers into islands and drop the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know and paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before you into light and the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do. And listen to what he says, how he anchors it here at the end. And I do not, what, forsake them. He says, my faithfulness depends on this. I do not faith. I will not forsake you. So listen, some of you are waiting. It's been a long time to teenagers who feel like today you can't stand your parents for another second. To the parents who have teenagers or others that you feel like maybe you can't stand them for another second. I want you to hear that there's a God who's patient, who will give you strength to wait and restrain yourself and hold on and know that there's a God who ultimately one day will bring all things new. You must hold on, beloved. You must stand, even as a Bruce Reed, even Bentley, holding over at times, not sure you'll make it. I want you to know there's a God who will sustain you. Hold on this morning, Bruce Reed. Because there is a temptation to do otherwise. Verse 17. They are turned back and utterly put to shame. Who trust in carved idols. Who say to metal images, you are our gods. Some of you hear that and say, I'll never do it. Forget about it. That's not me. Listen, God's even said in the same context of this passage, it's been a long time. We are all tempted in hard moments, right? When the person that you love doesn't get better, when the relationship isn't improving, when finances don't turn around, when the grades don't get better, right? I mean, whatever it is, fill it in for you. And the temptation in those moments is to trust in something or someone else other than God. And that's now become your idol. Why? Because whatever or whoever you trust in points to who ultimately your God is. Just listen, guys, don't trust in others. Bruce Reed says, listen, look to the Lord. Look to me. Some of you today may be tempted. Even though you recognize that you're a Bruce Reed, that you're imprisoned in sin, you just feel like it'll be okay. I want you to hear these words as we close. Verse 4. 
Back here in Isaiah 42. He will not grow faint or be discouraged. And listen to this word. Till. Some translation may remember it until, but same, same meaning is captured. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till, look what it says, he has established justice in the earth. There's going to come a day of reckoning. A day in which God will make all things right. Hebrews 9 and 27 compels us saying, we are all destined to die once and after that to face what? Judgment. So be careful today if you think that, listen, you're okay as a bruised reed. The Bible says you and I are not. We are bruised internally. And as Tim Keller says, it's a death blow. And the death blow is sin. And the only way to be healed of that is to come to the cross where Jesus Christ dies and takes that sin from you and pays for it in full, declaring His Father, it is finished. Bruised reed, you can be healed. Not outwardly. This is an inward work of your spirit being transformed and forgiven. But if you resist, know that there will come a day when Christ will bring you to justice. And you will stand the one who died upon the cross and realize that you refuse the only offer of forgiveness. And you, like that 200 plus million in our nation, will be thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. This morning, to the Elijahs who think that it would be better if you just died, I want to hear Bruce Reed. Hold on. To the Pauls who your storm has raged and it seems like that storm is never going to end and you don't think you're ever going to make it out. Today, would you just hear that there is still hope for a Bruce Reed in the midst of a great storm? Some of you listen today, could you just realize that you have assurance because He loves you and He lives within you and He will strengthen you? Right? I mean, this morning, I want to compel you. Do you realize what you have been saved from and saved for? Does that create just a joy and a desire to worship God despite your bruising? Bruise reads, the servant was coming. The servant has come and the servant will come again. Are you ready? Are you relying upon his strength and not your own? Bruce reads, come home. Bruce reads, come home. Come to Christ, confessing, crying out to him for forgiveness. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Christ, we come. Would you speak? Would you draw? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have not given up on me. I acknowledge my bruised readness, God. I acknowledge, Lord God, that it is it is inward. And so often I do a great job of camouflaging. I disguise it. But you see and know me full well. Lord, as your word says, death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of all people. Your word says that Man looks on the outward appearance, but not God. God looks at the heart. So this morning, every heart here is naked and exposed before a holy God. So Lord, I pray this morning that we would come to the refuge and not just pretend because maybe others don't see and know it that we're okay. You see and know. Lord, let us come to the rescuer. Let us come to the light.
call us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. I pray it for the glory of your son, Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. This morning, the invitation is to all Bruce Reeds. Come home. Come and rest. Find a gentle gardener. A kind servant. A loving father. A merciful king. A slain lamb who has been raised. But I urge you, as Isaiah did, if you refuse that one, you will stand before the roaring lion of the tribe of Judah. And he will consume you. Come and bow, Bruce Reeds. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.